0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, June 27, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter working with others. We are on page 90, the first paragraph, when you discover a prospect ending with realizing they are dealing with a sick person. Comments will be only on this one paragraph. Today's readers are Lulu L. reading the text, Heidi B. reading page 164, and Judith SP is our uh, backup reader. Uh, Newcomer reader is Pam SR, and the host for the second hour is Barb W. Their reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, June 26, is 20,384. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it is 20,385. 08 Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision For You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Jim Kay to read the 12 steps of OA.
1: Good morning, everybody. Jim Kay from Minneapolis. I'm a compulsive overeater. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will, for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass.
0: Thank you, Jim Kay. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 traditions
2: of OA. Good morning. This is Joni C., a compulsive overeater from Minnesota. One. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, Johnny C. And today's Share ID for Tuesday, June 27th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,387. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Stingleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter, Working with Others, and we are on page 90. We will be reading the first paragraph, When You Discover a Prospect, Ending with Realizing They're Dealing with a Sick Person. Comments will only be on this one paragraph. I will now ask Lulu L. to begin reading. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, cool. So this is Lulu L. I am in Florida, and I am such a grateful and joyously recovered compulsive overeater for today. When you discover a prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous, find out all you can about him. If he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. You may spoil a later opportunity. This advice is given for his family also. They should be patient, realizing they are dealing with a sick person. Okay, so I find this to be a paragraph that teaches me to pray, to pray for the person, to pray for the prospect. To, to, You know, when I initially speak to a potential sponsee, I kind of do a little Sherlock Holmes on them telling them, you know, bits of my own story and get them to tell me a little bit about theirs. And it's often easy to tell if they're ready, if I listen with my heart, with the ears of my heart, not just with my intellect. The big book tells us, in the doctor's opinion, that it's imperative for a man's brain to be cleared before he's approached as he has a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. And that's what this paragraph tells us. If he doesn't want to stop drinking or eating, don't waste your time. And my voice might not be the right voice for a particular person. Once they hear, once a person hears what my particular requirements are, based on what my own sponsor did with me, they may decide that I'm not the right the right voice for them but I'm in prayer during that initial phone call and actually for every phone call after and I ask my potential sponsee and once they become a sponsee to pray to pray you know for what is best for them to work with me or not to work with me or maybe they're just not ready And I ask him to pray about that as well. I always try to remember that I am talking with a sick person just as I was sick and can still be if I'm not spiritually fit. So I pray every time, thy will not mine be done. I pray that to remove, I ask God again and again and again to remove from me the burden of self-direction because if i had my way with this person they would do it my way they would they would want to quit eating this minute <laughs> um and and it doesn't always work like that they have to be ready they have to be ready to surrender and recover because we all know that this program is about surrender 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 and it's it's an easy program but we're complicated people, so it's not necessarily easy to do. Simple but not easy. So thank you for this opportunity to serve, and thank you for all the other people that are serving. And don't be afraid to hit star one and share, my friends. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lulu. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on this paragraph?
3: Charles H.
0: Charles H. Katie G. Melissa C. Katie D. Melissa W.
4: Janice BM.
0: Janice Larry.
4: Janice
5: C. Hold on.
0: Hold on. Uh, Leslie W. Wait a second. There's somebody before Shanna C. Sorry. And after Leslie W. Felicia D. Elisa?
6: Felicia. Okay, that's
0: all we're going to take. Oh, Felicia. Okay, we're going to stop there. Okay. So we have Charles H., followed by Katie G., and then Melissa C. Go ahead, Charles.
3: I'm going to cut my special edition short, so for the people that are dying to share... Um, I'm Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And this, this paragraph in particular tells me not to be a wet blanket sponsor, not to um have a potential sponsee as a qualifier of mine. I I so in the family afterwards it states that I have been given the power to help. Can't fix, manage, control, run, de, run interference, aid in abet in anybody's uh lower seller experience um i could be helpful if if the condition if you meet certain requirements i don't got to probe you because listen most of us have been here a while we know what it is you know if, if you infinite if button listen i was never ready to recover i was desperate you know my situation was dire and no one else i don't care how great a circuit speaker you are. I binged right through your thing. I slept right through your thing. It was when I was ready. So I don't need to be a wet blanket sponsor. I don't need to have sponsees as my qualifiers. I don't need to think that, you know, I'm the best thing since sliced bread, right? Like, I'm just another compulsive overeater that's desperate to recover. I don't want to do the work. I'm desperate to do the work. I don't want to be at work today, but them bills say otherwise, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Charles H. And next we have Katie G. followed by Melissa.
7: Hey, Katie. Hey, Julie. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. recovered in Boston. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've really learned this year um, is not everybody is a compulsive overeater. And I think it's really important that I um, take a step back every time I talk to someone and remember, there are moderate eaters, there are hard eaters. And for me to say, oh, that person is fat, they must need us, that's a misunderstanding of the disease. For me my understanding of the disease is that the weight is just a symptom right there are two conditions right an allergy excuse me i'm sorry for saying right so much um there's an allergy of the body the, um that that when i put that food ingredient or behavior i have a craving for more and there's an obsession of the mind so i don't go in there anymore assuming someone's a real compulsive overeater there are people on this line right now who have um, who are here, and they're not—they're not the real deal, and that's okay. We're all welcome here. But for me, when I'm when I'm talking to someone, like first of all, they're not my—they're not my project. I want to know who they are. I want to know—are you married? Do you have kids? I, I wanna—I wanna be their friend, right? It says um, friendship like 14 or 20 times at some point in this chapter, right? Because I don't, and I don't wanna—I don't wanna talk down to them. Because let me tell you, five years ago, when someone told me to put down exercise for 30 days to see if I had a problem. I was like, "Mm, excuse me, like, get out of here. I don't have a problem with that. I just don't want to put it down. It's good for me. So I can't lecture. I can't moralize. The thing that I find the most haunting is when someone listens and listens and then says, have you considered that there's no such thing as overeating on abstinent food?" Are you, do you identify as a compulsive overeater? Do you realize that for me, when I'm overeating in any way, that's overeating. There's no modification on that. Do you realize that normal people, like for example, my husband, he can put down exercise for 30 days and not have an issue with it? So I think it's really important to remember, yes, I am absolutely dealing with a sick person. You know what? Last time I checked, we're all human. And, and and I I really have to say that unless you're Buddha, Allah, or, you know, some sort of God, I think we're all spiritually developing. And so it is important for me to go in and talk with them with kindliness and love. And I'll just wrap up saying, you know, I need to try carry this message and if you don't hear a message from me that's all good because you know what there are other sponsors on the line and I can lovingly direct them but I can also always plant a seed there are many many newcomers that I call that I speak to and they are the real deal and I have given them a podcast to identify if they're the real deal and then and and then I don't hear from them but who knows where we will be planting the seed and that is my job every day to try and carry this message. Thank God I can. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Katie. Next we have Melissa C. followed by Janice P. M. and then Larry K. Go ahead, Melissa.
8: Hey, good morning, Julie. Good to hear you this morning. Thank you for your service. I'm Melissa a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York and, um, you know, I I get really good directions out of this chapter. I think um, it's it's a crucial chapter to read before anybody, I believe, before anybody makes an attempt to go out there and be useful, because it gives very specific directions. Um, and the directions in this paragraph is to get to know people, to look at people. And, and Katie, Stur, you know, said it like people are people. They are not my projects, right? They're not they're not the fuel that I burn on this abstinence, you know, um, this abstinence engine. You know, yes, they're, they are. Working with them is what's going to give me immunity, but each individual person is not my fuel to burn up. And and so I have to get to know people. That's, that's really what I'm told here. And, yeah, the chapter says it 16 times, actually, to be, it, it uses the word friend. So here's where I'm going to, like, find out if this person is someone that I could have a relationship with because it is a relationship as you're going to work the steps with somebody because you're working with them, right you're not working on them and you're not working for them, but you have to be able to work with them so what I do um and what you know I think is helpful in my experience is if somebody calls me and I have availability because that's usually how it works, and you know we're very blessed we have. A big fellowship, we've got a lot of people. We have active meetings. And so prospects, oftentimes, they make the approach. And I get together with them via, you know, it used to be in person. I would get together with them at a local coffee place and just chat. But today I do it via Zoom. You know, we get together. I have a number of conversations. I give them a couple of things to do to see if they really are interested in stopping And and I don't try to convince them that they have to stop. I don't come at them with my food plan. I don't come at them and tell them about entire abstinence and what they need to put down. And I just get to know them and see if they're really interested. Because if they're not, um, and I come at them with my agenda, it says here that I'm going to spoil a later opportunity, that, um, that in the future... You know, they're going to, I think, if I come at somebody with a very strong agenda and they're not ready, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn them off. And that when the time comes that they are ready, and that's God's job, by the way, God and the disease to get people ready. um, If I've come at them from a tough angle, they're never going to come back to me. And I could ruin Overeaters Anonymous for them as well. So, um, and um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Next, we have Janice P.M. followed by Larry Kay. Go ahead, Janice.
9: Oh, thank you so much for your service, Julie. Julie, uh, this is um, my name is Janice P.M. and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive eater recovered in Massachusetts. Now, this particular paragraph has to be noted, and it, and you know, I really remind. Any new prospect once they recovered and they're ready to sponsor, to read this paragraph over and over and over again because we forget. We think that we're the ones that are going to. You know, we have such a big ego, and I know I do, um, that I think and I thought in the past, that, oh, God, I gotta do such a good job because I'm, I wanna see them recovered, that's the purpose. And it is not the purpose, <laughs> God does that, I don't tell them this, but, uh, so remember, because these are instructions, the next couple of pages of what to do to qualify a new prospect, a potential member of overeaters and honoris. When you discover first thing you're going to do is you know just uh, thank them you know I'd be very interested in sponsoring you and then I bring up some questions to them to get to in conversation it's just a conversation to get to know them to them to get to know me um but again refer them to this we do not get somebody recovered by how long we've been in how great we are to speak how our abstinence is, how our recovery is, and of course we don't tell them that. But I'm just saying this for uh because I was one of them, um, you know. And you, and you just do it very, very nonchalantly, like you're having a conversation with another friend, you know. But you ask them a few questions. At least I do, you know. You, you ask, you say, what, "What brought you to to call me or reach out, you know, to this program?" And if they don't like to talk too much about compulsive overeating and obsessive thinking, then ask them, you know, what does a compulsive eating, you know, obsessive thinking look like to you? And uh, let them know after they tell you about their little escapades and how they tried. Then you, relate, you say you relate to their story by, you know, sharing a little bit of your story and how recovery has changed my life. And made things so much better. And then I suggest, you know, that they read um, the qualifying questions on page 44. Let's go to 44. And uh, ask my prospect, once you start eating or, or obsessing, you know, can you control how much you eat or drink? And they'll talk about that. Oh, I have it this time, but then when the wedding is over or whatever. So it's really asking them, are they powerless, you know? And then another question would, do you believe that this program worked for me? And they say, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, your husband is dead. Thank you. And to to give some hope to them. And um, I can't finish it all, but uh, if anybody wants to know, they can always call me up. And I also ask them to write something in the front of their big book that they're willing to go to any length. And then they sign it. And
0: uh, with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Janet. And next we have Larry K. Followed by Leslie W. Go ahead, Larry.
10: Hello. Good morning. Uh, Larry K. Recovered compulsive reader from uh, Chicago. You know, I have to remember when I read this. I have to remember who I am, and and who I am not. You know, I, I'm a. all I am is a compulsive overeater. I mean, that's not all I am, but that's in the context of what we're talking about. I'm a compulsive overeater. I am not an agent of influence. I do not have the ability to manipulate you into change. I can't shame you into recovery, nor can I love you into recovery. I wish I could. I wish enough love would. I could love you right into recovery. Nope, it doesn't work. Because the statement, if he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. For me, it's grounded in the understanding that an alcoholic can only achieve long-term sobriety if they genuinely want to do so. And my actions, rather than my words, will tell you everything you need to know about my willingness to embrace uh, the change that's necessary the actions that's necessary here no amount of persuasion from others can compel someone to stop eating I mean, you can't there's the you know what you can't do that so you know because why because the reward value of food for me as a compulsive overeater was overwhelming the reward value of it and the suffering from withdrawal of those foods was intolerable so Unfortunately, or however we look at it, the, the, disease, the disease is going to have to do the work. The pain of the disease is going to have to do the work. And, you know, so if, if I think that I can influence and persuade you through logic, love, frothy emotional appeal, they're all destined to fail with the person who hasn't experienced enough pain. And I wish I could tell you how to bring that floor up for you. I don't know what it's going to take. Um, I, I wish I could give you that secret, that special secret. There is no special secret. We either do or we don't, you know, and, and, and that's what it takes. So in carrying this message, I need an understanding that people have all kinds of biases and they're motivated more, you know, they're, they're motivated in lots of different ways. And that's why we let the disease do the work of persuasion. And with that comes the recognition that some people will never be persuaded to stop. I have to embrace that. Some people will ne- they will go and they will die of this disease. And that's sad. It's tragic, but it's nonetheless the truth. So I, I just, you know the statement's important because it emphasizes the need to take personal responsibility for recovery. So all I can do is share my story. I'm not here to persuade anyone. With that, I pass thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Uh, next, we have Leslie W. followed by Felicia D. Go ahead, Leslie. Hey, Julie. Thank you
11: so much. It's so good to be here with all of you. I haven't shared in on this meeting in a while. Um, but I, you know, you've heard lots of things. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Um, people have shared a lot of things about this paragraph that have related to prospects. Um, but I also wanted to point out that this is really this is really about for me more more so directions for life in terms of you know you can apply this to all all situations. Um, you know I'm going through a personal crisis and in my in my life right now, and um, i I have been told a lot of things by a lot of people. Um, A lot of people have given me advice, have told me, you know, what they think I should do, how they think I should behave. Um, Some people will come at me from a more sympathetic angle. Some people will come at me a lot harder. Um, And quite frankly, you know, I, if they come at me hard, I shut them down. I shut them down. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I think about this paragraph as it relates to that, just simply because a lot of us, and me included, in the past have come at people pretty hard. They call it passion. But what it really is, uh, is... Uh, is a desire to to have that person behave in a certain way you know because if they behave in a certain way then then we can feel good about ourselves, and not only that, but we don't have to we don't have to have the burden of that person making bad decisions on our watch you know um we're responsible for for what happens to that person you know so but 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 we're really not. Um, Just like nobody else is living and walking in my shoes and dealing with the situation that I'm currently dealing with in the way that I'm dealing with it. I I don't know what anybody else's circumstances are and how they're going to get freedom and recovery or whatever it is that they're trying to get to the other side of. It's not my job to dictate that for them. It's my job to love them and pray for them and support them and that's it so um with
0: that i'm going to pass thanks julie thank you thank you leslie Uh next we have felicia d followed by shanna c go ahead felicia
6: hi may i be heard yes thank you so much my name is felicia d i am from rhode island and um, appreciate everybody's service For me, um, honestly, in the beginning, when I was working with someone and I wasn't in the right spiritual condition, I either wanted to learn all about them because I wanted them to be a project, because I wanted to be able to save them, because I wanted to feel better about myself, and it was rooted in self, and I was, like, looking to be the hero and the superstar and like worthy of God and worthy of grace because I didn't understand that I was worthy of it just by breathing or I was so selfish and self-centered even though I was trying to be well that I wasn't really all that interested in them at all because I was only doing this because I had to so that I could stay abstinent and there was not really a lot of thought about them in either way altruistically right like it was about me. Um, at later points in time, I was more interested in trying to help, but not really understanding the part about them being sick. And like, nobody comes, well, I shouldn't say nobody. I don't come to, to, to overeat as anonymous because I'm well. I come to overeat as anonymous because I'm eating boxes of cookies at a time. And I feel so isolated from God that I hate myself. I came this time to Overeaters Anonymous and two weeks after I was here, my husband thought he was in love with another woman and asked me for a divorce. And I thought, surely that must be a reason to to um, to get to feel self-pity and to get to be angry and to get to be upset. And um, surely there had to be something wrong with God's will. Um, so I don't come here because I'm in a good place. I don't come here because I'm well aligned, and I'm, um, I come here restless, irritable, discontent, fully willing to be embracing self-pity. And so when I, when someone else is sick, I can't get annoyed, for, and I can't expect them to be something that I wasn't and that I cannot still be sometimes, right? Like if I'm just not in a good place, if I haven't gotten enough sleep, if I'm if I'm struggling with a situation that's put in my lap, like it's not always graceful, it's clunky sometimes. So I today try to get to know people um, because I also know that I am not the right sponsor for everybody, you know. I don't have a lot of experience with certain circumstances and it may be that someone else does and they're, they're they're a better opportunity. But then I do have other experiences, some of them incredibly painful, That might make me a good, a good candidate. And so sometimes having conversations with someone gives them a chance to be like, I can identify with this person, or "Mm, I think this person might be a nice lady, but she's not my person. And this isn't where God's directing me. If I don't have a conversation with them, I'm not giving the other person a chance to get to know me and I'm not giving myself a chance to know them. My sponsors time. Thank you very much for 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 the opportunity to share today. Okay.
0: Thank you, Shana C. Okay. So, who would like to share on page ninety, the first paragraph when you discover a prospect, ending with realizing they are dealing with a sick person? Matt J. C.? Okay. Greg so, K. Somebody speak.
5: Uh, before uh, before John Greg, or
0: somebody. Karen K. Mm-hmm. So, Darren K. Lisa C. Lisa C. Janice C., right? Okay. Matt J. J.F. J. C., okay. Vasa O. Okay, hold on. I think we might have. Uh, uh,
12: Richard K. Was,
0: was that Matt J.F.? am sorry. Well, we'll go oh, in a minute. Oh, Richard K. Vasa, Vasa. O. Oh, Richard K. Okay, I think that's enough. All right. So we're going to start off with Lisa K., Janice C., Sharon K., I hope, and Greg. Which, you'll have to tell me initially your last name. So let's start with Lisa K. Maybe I got that wrong. Is there a Lisa? I guess not. Okay. Hi, this is Lisa uh, C. I, I, I don't. Oh, go ahead, Lisa C. Thank you.
13: Hi. Hi. Uh, thank you for hearing me. <laughs> That's a lot of names. Uh, Hi, I'm Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, I felt a a little bit drawn to share on this because I just love this part that says, find out all you can about him. I unfortunately did not have the experience um, in another OA group that I initially joined my very first, you know, entry into OA I did not have like the newcomer experience that I think every newcomer really deserves. And it created a lot of problems for me. Um, and it's, it's not, I'm not saying this in a blaming way, but I carry that with me now as a sponsor. Um, I think there is endless value in fellows sharing their experience, strength and hope, obviously. And it's other fellows experience strength and hope that um, helps me identify in, helps me to stay, um, connects me to other people who carry the message of my God to me. Um, And I also deeply believe that listening is a gift. I believe that listening heals people. And so I feel that my role is to give newcomer and a sponsee space to share um i can't interrupt them incessantly say well that's the disease well you know uh that's that's because you're selfish that's you know um god's gonna do that right so i i sponsor would sponsor me i try i fall short but you know, it's not just about how I was sponsored because my sponsor is an incredible woman who I continue to value more and more every time we connect, actually. Um, and she's human like me and we're in a partnership, actually. Um, so, yes, I go to her for advice about how to sponsor. I take her guidance. I do what she's done for me and with me. Um, and. I take my orders from my creator, and my creator listens to me incessantly. In fact, I've got to get real quiet even to hear my creator talk back to me. So my first tack is listen, listen, listen. And I really think that that is the way in, because I don't really know anything about the person I'm talking to. And if I start talking too much about my particular uh, path. I I may I may close the door for them. And it can be really hard to listen. It is not an easy skill. It needs to be trained and worked on. Um, but I, I really think that getting to know everything I can about a person without any preconceived notion, without any judgment of who I might think they are and who I might even think I am, um, is is a great first place to start. Thanks for letting me share our path. Thank you so much,
0: C Okay. Uh, next, we have Karen K. followed. Janice, was that? hopefully that was the she who shared because I just messed up. But if not, Janice C., then Karen K. and then Greg C. Uh,
4: good morning. This is Shanna C. Maybe I was misunderstood.
0: Uh, you're right, Shannon C. Okay, go for it.
4: Thank you so much. Uh, this is Shanna C., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive, Overeater, Through God's Grace, Um from Tennessee. And uh, so grateful for everyone who shared. So grateful for this paragraph. I just had a conversation with my sponsor a few days ago about this type of thing. And I said, how do you keep from getting overwhelmed? And she goes, you're going to get overwhelmed. But the cool thing is, is it's about the connection and none of us do any of this perfectly. Oh, okay. Well, if you say so, great. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to take your word for it. And uh, that is awesome because the truth of the matter is a recovery begins with one compulsive overeater helping another, you know, when it comes, there's a difference. What I've found for me is there's a difference between a prospect and a protege. Um, the prospect, you know, when I'm in the fellowship, when I'm around other people, there are potential prospects everywhere. And that's where I'm doing the listening. That's where I'm not forcing anything down anybody's throat. That's where I'm not doing You know, I'm allowing God to demonstrate through me what he can do, you know, letting them, you know, ask me questions and things like that. And when um, I'm lucky enough and privileged enough to have someone ask me to sponsor them and they come to me and they say, look, I'm dying. Can you please help me? Um, Thank God I didn't have a sponsor that um, spent a whole lot of time trying to become my best friend before giving me the solution because what I have is maybe a week or even a month before this obsession starts kicking my tail again and I start believing a lot that I can control and manage this thing um, and that I can eat normally again. When I, the when experience shows I absolutely cannot, the doctor's opinion says so. So I'm gra- grateful for that sponsor who is pragmatic enough to, she found out all she could about me, but also found out that I was dying and I needed the solution quick. I needed that spiritual experience really quick. And she took me through the steps as quickly as my willingness and ability was able to take me through it. And uh, to have that spiritual experience, first, I had that moment of clarity and that willingness to put down that food and follow the food plan and go through these steps and, and do it. And then After taking the steps, I had that vital spiritual experience that separated me from the food and enabled me to live in steps 10, 11, and 12 and be helpful to others and share what I have. It's a miracle for my life. It's nothing that I did. It was all through God's grace and being willing and desperate, and I'm so grateful that the right person showed up when I was, you know, the desire to find God must come from within, and it began with me with a gift of desperation to get rid of the pain of the eating. And that that is what spurred me on to find God even deeper. So anyway, grateful to be here, grateful for these steps. And now I have a friendship with my sponsor that is unmatched. She's not like any other friend I've ever had. It's not like a buddy-buddy kind of thing. She knows me better than anyone on the planet. And for that, I'm truly grateful. Thanks. That's all I have.
0: Thank you, Shanna C. Next, we have Karen Kate followed by Greg C. Go ahead, Karen.
3: Good
5: morning, everybody. My name is Karen Kay, Recovered Compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. Working with others, I'm driving right now to work and it says, um, proceed with caution. Uh, there is there is construction ahead. And that's what working with others is all about for me. Um, I don't, I'm learning to be careful of my words and I still slip into the word sponsor. There's nothing in the big book that talks about sponsorships, working with others because it puts me in a place that, oh I might know something that you don't know. And uh, I like to be gentle with the people that um, I work with, um, give them a safe space, you know, um, asking kindly, are you done? And not being this personality that is so strong that's gonna squash somebody. And um, I love working with, 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 with other people and the following chapters, you know, there was a fellow um, uh, last year that talked about how important it was, the other chapters working with uh, two of the wives, the family afterwards. And those chapters are also very important with working with, with others, um, especially if I, you know, don't have too much experience at the time when I was a wife, uh, when I was not a wife. And um, I just give what I I give what I can and let God do the rest. You know, I do the footwork. They they do the footwork and leave the outcome and the results to God, I'm not in the uh, results business. And it's, um, I have a disease that would prefer to have me dead, but it will settle for me being miserable. And I didn't get into 12 step programs because I was on a winning streak, but I know I had more peace than I did before. And for that, I'm grateful. And, you know, vision for you is a very big turning point for me in my, in my recovery. And I was in other programs and did not get the uh, big book. And when I just finished a big book workshop in June, I showed them my big book, it was torn, it was used, it was yellow. There was hardly any underlining. Not that my underlining mean, means much more today, but definitely have more understanding, but always be a student of the AA big book. And with that, I will pass and thank you for your service.
0: Thank you, Karen K. Next we have Greg C followed by Matt J F. Go ahead, Greg.
14: actually Greg K. I'm I think you're talking about. Gosh.
0: Me. Yeah, I'm all messed up today.
14: Hey, look, you're you're doing the Lord's work. I could not do that, so thank you. Um Greg K, Grateful Recovery and Compulsive Overeater. You know, it's like almost everybody who talks, there's a different it, it, it's a different way to sponsor. Um and that's absolutely right. There's as many different ways to sponsor as there are us in the program. Uh, I've had soft sponsors. I've had hard sponsors. I've had sponsors that get mad and fire me. Um, And at various times, I needed that shit. I needed my ass kicked. In the beginning, I didn't. Uh, I came from a very abusive childhood uh, with an abusive stepfather. So an authoritative male figure of any kind. Uh, terrified me um, un- until the day that it didn't. I heard somebody on on the line back in 2016. Dude scared the shit out of me. But for some reason, my higher power made me call him, and, and I started working with him. Uh, and, you know, people get all bent out of shape about sponsorship. I say, look, I said, I'm a glorified tour guide. I really don't give a shit if you relapse, I don't give a shit if you recover. Now, do I want you to recover? Absolutely. Do I want you to relapse? No, of course not. I don't want you to feel that pain. But I don't care if you do, because I'm going to stay sober by by doing the work and working with you. Um, You know, a lot of people, people keep relapsing, and they fire them and let them go. Sometimes that's the right thing to do. But I always tell my sponsees, look, as long as you keep showing up, as long as you keep putting the work in, I'll go to the wall with you. I ain't going to chase you. If you stop calling me, I'll call you once. Then that's it. But after that, if they, I don't care if they keep relapsing, you know, if I'm not the right sponsor for them, they'll wander off on their own. I don't, I don't worry about that at all, but I'm, I'm very raw. I'm very direct with people. I use a lot of bad language. I don't censor myself at all. Um, yeah, people chastise that, well the, the message is getting lost, you're ruining it for people. No, I'm I'm not for everybody. Just like you're not for everybody, just like everybody else is not for everybody. Not every sponsor is for every sponsee. They could be. They absolutely could be, but it, it you know, we need different stuff at different times, at least I did. So I'm a tour guy. You want to take me to come down this path with me? You know, maybe you can have what I have. I'm a functioning idiot. I'm not doing anything that you can't do. You know, my sponsor right now, I don't know what it is about this dude, but whatever he tells me to do, I do. And I have never done that in 13 years in program. This dude told me to eat oatmeal. I ate oatmeal. I hate oatmeal. I don't want to eat oatmeal. Uh, He told me to go to the store and get it. I went and got it. You know, nobody else in program could tell me to do what this guy does, and I would do it. I, I don't really understand it, but I'm I'm grateful for it. He's what I needed then. He's what I need now. So, yeah, I, I I lost it there. But yeah, this is this is a great chapter, and I I love hearing all the different the different ways and the passion that people have for sponsoring. It's um, it, it's a wonderful thing. We're all different. We don't have to agree. We just have to get through it, man. And, and we got to support each other. Um, thanks.
0: Thank you, Greg K. Uh, next is Matt J.F., followed by Vasa O.
15: Thank you very much for taking the meeting this morning uh, and for everyone who makes this meeting possible. This is Matt J.F. I am gratefully recovered in Kentucky. And uh, I feel like the, the previous share, like, said so much that I thought I was going to say, especially the part about cursing a lot, although I'm going to try not to do that now. The, uh, the thing that... Um, I realized is that I don't sponsor very much like my sponsor sponsored me, except for a few key points. Uh, my sponsor called me every day. We read the big book aloud to each other and then trading insights and everything. And then and, he and also had me listen to podcasts that have been reported on Vision for You, um, you know, big book scholar, taking people through each step in depth. And what he told me was, that that guy's basically your sponsor. I'm just here to kind of keep the, the train on the tracks and answer your questions. And that's that's basically how it worked. And I hated the call, the daily calls and the reading aloud, but I did it because I wanted to recover. And um and so I did. I worked the steps with him out of the big book and I recovered. And I later learned he had never done that with any sponsor before the daily calling and reading thing, and he, I don't think he did it again with anyone else. He was like, "Ah, oh, this is this doesn't seem like it's adding any value," because his sponsorship is a is a living thing to him. He he cultivates it and nurtures it, and it changes over time, and so does mine. And uh, the the key things that my sponsorship today shares with my sponsor is that I sponsor out of the big book. Uh, I try to keep it as simple as possible. I don't have extra worksheets that people do. I don't, have, I don't have assignments that aren't in the big book. I make suggestions sometimes, but I don't like working the steps out of the big book is working the steps out of the big book. One thing I do tell sponsees early, and, and like my own child may eventually identify in, there are, there are certainly signs that, that they might, um, and they'll ask me questions about it they ask me questions about my recovery, about my abstinence, about, you know, the other day I got a text about, like, have you ever tried cognitive behavioral therapy to stop eating chocolate? And, you know, I try and approach it with, with them the way that I do with everyone, which is, look, I believe what was true for me is in order to recover, five things had to be true. Number one, I had to qualify. I had to have the disease from which I wanted to recover. Number two, I had to be able to. I had to have the capacity and capability, and I couldn't be blocked by any outside issues. I had to be willing. I had to actually do the work, not wanting, but willing. And I had to be ready, meaning I, was, I wanted the problem to be solved then. But it also had to be time, which is a way of saying that, like, God had to agree. And if all of those things are true, I don't see how anyone can fail to recover. And if any of them aren't true, I don't see how anyone ever could, and none of that has anything to do with me. So with that, I will pass.
6: Thank
0: you, Matt. So we have about three and a half minutes. If Vasa and Richard each take about a minute and a half to two minutes, we can get you both oh. in.
16: Vasa, oh. oh. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Julie, for your service. Vasa, grateful, recover, compulsive over. calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I'm so, so grateful for my sponsor that brought me in the program and gave me and gave me the program. And I had, I was, I had, I was desperate, and I was willing to do whatever it took. If she told me to call her 3 o'clock in the morning, I would have called her. So I didn't want to die, and I wanted what she had, and I wanted what other people had that, that had been recovering and working through the 12 steps. And I'm just and I, I, I've done many, many mistakes over the years, what to do and what not to do, and I still do mess up. But the more I come, the more I hear how the people do it, and the better I get. So I don't think I got much time left. Thank you very much for letting me share, and I love my sponsor. She's still in my life. We are friends, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa O. And uh, last, we will end with Richard K. Well maybe
5: I got that wrong. Is there a Richard?
3: Sorry, can I go I oh. was oh. muted. Can I can I talk?
5: Okay.
0: Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. go so, for
12: it. Okay, so I'm gonna try to be very um, so I'm on the other end here. I'm trying to qualify. And um, you know, I have an academic background and um so I know something about addiction, but you know, I know nothing. Because, um, you know, you know, you you know, that thing, position, heal thyself. There's a reason, or don't be your own lawyer. And, um, you know, so I'm going to, I need help and I'm going to give out my number. And, you know, I'd like to talk to people about the 708-310-1806. Um, I one zero one I'm in the Eastern time zone right now. Um, and a lot of the, you know, most of the month I'm in the central. So I'd love to talk to people about this, um, and, uh, you know, I, um, just real quick, I, you know, I looked through the criteria for substance dependence and, uh, you know, I went through each one and, uh, you know, for sure, you know, this stuff causes me mental distress. Um, you know, in the, the book, it says, you know, do you obsess about it? It's hard to say, you know, last night I kind of, I had a craving. I wanted to go eat, talk, you know, this Mexican restaurant and I just feel disgusted and it's like, you know, why do I eat emotional? You know, I was feeling like, you know, emotional, like I was hurting and that soothed me. And like, um, I mean, I don't know, there was another criteria, but the rest, like, it's hard for me to identify with. And this goes with every other behavioral thing that I do money um, ang- and anger, whatever, you know, but like, I, I don't know, you know, but am I hopeless? Yeah. I, I feel hopeless. Cause I've done all kinds of therapy and um, I, I just, I would say like, you know, do I obsess? You know, I, I I guess, you know, do I lose control once I start eating? You know, I don't like get a binge eating like where I go to a buffet and I can't stop till I throw up, but there's something about it that like, I mean, and it's killing me. It's killing me subtly. You know, I, but that's, you know, I don't have a health issue, but if I keep eating like this, I'm going to die and uh, I'm not fat. I'm not all that, whatever. But like, I just, I don't know. It's just I can't keep doing this. And it, it's it's screwing up everything else. My, If, if I got a food problem, 10, I got Richard. a sex problem and a money problem. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Richard. Okay. Um, we will now close the meeting with reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And would Heidi B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Heidi B. Okay. And today's share ID again is 20,387. Okay, let's end with the serenity prayer. God, God. God. grant me, grant grant me, manifesto-
5: me the serenity. I, so, I cannot change the
0: courage to the I can't. Change. I can't. I can't. May be done. Amen. All right. Um, Now I will turn it over to our newcomer greeter, Pam S.R.
17: John? Thank you.
3: Yes. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can. Thanks.
3: I don't hear you now. MSR star one. Welcome
17: to those who are new to a Vision for You Big Book study today. We've set aside this time in our meeting to invite those on the line to introduce yourself. If you've never introduced yourself in the past, here is what we need from you. Your name, the first initial of your last name, telephone number, state, and time zone only, please, so that we can welcome you. If you are seeking telephone numbers of others or looking for a 12-step sponsor, have a pen and paper ready because available sponsors will announce themselves at the end of the second hour, and the second hour resumes momentarily. Please stay with us for that. Before meeting our first newcomer, we kindly request there be no interruptions during this limited time. I will repeat all names and numbers. So press star 1 to unmute your phone. And after you have introduced yourself, press star 1.